going on. Hour number two, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Um, I mentioned in the last hour, I was starting to get swarmed by uh, by the moon bats on Twitter because uh, this is how I know that um, that a tweet of mine uh, gets seen or gets uh, you know gets some traction because I start seeing these people show up in my mentions that uh, and and start attacking me and I, I have no idea who they are uh, and they're like from the other side of the country uh, but they're super super interested in like the U.S. Senate race here in North Carolina for some reason. Do I wonder why? What was it that got everybody so exorcised? What was what was my offense? <laughs> uh, I, well, I mean, I could tell you. It was a piece by the AP and another piece by WRAL that covered Sherry Beasley's announcement that uh, she is the uh, the defender of the law enforcers, not the defunder of the law enforcers. It's comical to me to watch the left make the argument in defense of the FBI as a completely apolitical and non-corrupt entity, that as soon as the Republicans start saying, hey, the FBI seems to be kind of sketchy, we might need to uh, break this agency up, we may need to overhaul this thing, or as Dan Bishop was saying the other day, you know, break it apart, scatter it to the uh, to the four corners of the country. I've seen proposals. I've covered them here on the program. Uh, proposal to uh, eliminate the, particularly the D.C. office where uh, all of these political investigations emanate from and uh, just, you know, move the FBI into a support agency for local law enforcement and state law enforcement agencies, that kind of thing. Like there are reforms that can be done. And there are people that say abolish the FBI, just get rid of it. And liberals used to say that. I'm old enough to remember. Look, I'm a Gen Xer, right? The greatest generation, despite what some may say. Um, but I'm a Gen Xer, so that means uh, I was treated to an entire childhood of watching movies and made-for-TV movies and miniseries on TVs uh, on TV and uh, TV shows, all talking about how fantastic the '60s were. Just. Over and over and over and over again. There was one thing that really stood out aside from the, you know, aside from the, the peace, love, and sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Aside from that whole thing, it was the anti-FBI stuff. They really didn't like the FBI because the FBI was, you know, investigating commies. Not that they were all commies, hashtag not all hippies. Um, not that they were commies, but that the FBI abused its power, right? So this idea, it's always comical to me, how many people on the right have had uh, you know, a, a, a lot of love for uh, local and state law enforcement, but not so much at the federal level. And by the way, lefties, that's not new. Okay, uh, go see Ruby Ridge, Waco, Texas. It's, it's not a new sentiment, okay? But then folks on the left... Now, what, what, they're now all okay with the national stuff, with the federal agencies. Those are fine. Running uh, guns into Mexico under Fast and Furious, totally fine when we do it. Um, but state and local, I mean, that's just, you know, Jim Crow era. That's just the old slave patrols. 
systemic racism and such. So Sherry Beasley running for U.S. Senate, and I would submit this is proof of how bad the defund the police slogan, how bad that has been for Democrats. The damage done to the Democratic Party because they got a little too close to their activist base. They got a little too close. And they got a little bit, maybe uh, maybe they were uh, a little drunk on the uh, on the street rallies and maybe they had been cooped up with the COVID lockdowns and stuff. And they were like, I just got to get out of here. And so here comes this movement. And they're like, hey, if you're out in the streets protesting, COVID knows because it's the smartest virus ever. COVID knows your cause is righteous. Come join us in the streets. And Governor Cooper went out and did, took his mask off and all of that because COVID knew that he was there for the right reason. Now, if you're in church uh, or attending a funeral, uh, COVID smites you for that. It smites you right down. COVID knows. Smartest virus ever. And so maybe that's what was going on. Maybe they were like, oh, you know what? I'm really not on board with the defund the police thing here, but it's going to get me out of the house. And maybe I might meet somebody, you know? Might meet somebody because the dating apps, they were all shut down really. and all, You know, whatever. So maybe that was the case. Or, now I'm just spitballing here. I have no idea whether this is true or not, but I'm just going to throw this out there. It's a potential idea. And remember, as I always say, there are no bad ideas in the cone of creativity. So... I'll just throw this out there. Is it possible that they saw a potential political benefit? Here are a bunch of young people taken to the streets, a bunch of young people, uh, young BIPOC people. Well, I guess that would be redundant. So young, young BIPOC, right? Black, indigenous people of color, and they're young. What is that? And, and Democrats, they rely on young voters, which is kind of silly because young voters like, they don't exactly have the best track record showing up to the polls, although they did all right last time when they could just mail, mail it in from home. But, um, they, but getting out to the polls, eh, not so great. But these are the demographics that the Democratic Party has been courting. And so, you know, maybe they just were cooped up from COVID lockdowns, wanted to get out, or maybe they saw some sort of political advantage to be had. But they embraced it, folks. And that's what the moon bats are in denial about now. I would submit that Sherry Beasley's effort to position herself as a pro-law enforcement Democrat, that that is proof of how badly the Democratic Party got injured because they got too close to that. And now you got the crime rates going through the roof and you had cities that defunded the police. And, and oh, come on, Pete, you're trying, to, you're trying to lump all the Democrats together. Mm, yeah. Much like, you know, all the Republicans are semi-fascists now. And racists and homophobes and bigots and all of that. Yeah, yeah. This, isn't this the heuristic that everybody engages in now? So I would say, look, I don't, Sherry Beasley may, may very well be willing to work with Republicans on uh, police reforms but not defunding. That's possible. Democrats didn't prove a willingness to do that when Tim Scott offered a proposal. Remember that? I think they called him a racist. He's black. But I think, yeah, like they would not work with him on a reform bill at the U.S. Senate. I'm sure it'll be totally different. See, yeah, I'm sure it'll be totally different. So the AP puts out the story and they have a quote in the tweet promoting their story that says, quote, I do not support defund the police. Sherry Beasley said Monday in Durham. I know that police officers need more funding, more recruitment uh, for recruitment, for retention, training, mental health, and addressing the opioid crisis. 
And I simply pointed out the fact that she has to say this shows what a massive mistake Democrats made during the 2020 summer of love. Now they're backtracking because it's politically unpopular. I thought, I mean, if I do say so myself, I thought that was a pretty uh, pedestrian kind of observation. I, I don't think, I mean, this isn't groundbreaking, is it? No, I didn't think so. I mean, I was just pointing it out because apparently, again, like the the media, they are unable to discern any kind of political machination or motive behind anything Democrats do. So I was helpfully pointing it out for the AP, but also WRAL that had a similar uh, uh, type of story through a similar type of lens. So, you know me, I'm a giver. I, I, I give them, hey, this might be a potential angle to this story that you just spent, you know, I don't know, a thousand words covering. Uh, you might want to throw it out there that this is proof that that messaging was a colossal fail. I'm going to go over some of the uh, stories here. And we're going to highlight some of the language used by the journalismers in order to convey who's in the white hats and who's in the black hats. Sorry. Is that, am I allowed to say that nowadays? All right. Who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? Right? All right. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so first, let's let's start with uh, the worst offender. WRAL, our old pal Brian Anderson, formerly of the Associated Press, now at WRAL-TV in Raleigh. And uh, headline, which the reporters never write themselves. Beasley seeks to claim law enforcement mantle in U.S. Senate race. Uh, yeah, or maybe Beasley seeks to distance herself from defund the police rhetoric. But no, no, if you want to, you know, do her solid, people see the headline. Oh, she seeks to claim law enforcement mantle. Like she's she's striving to be the defender of all law enforcement, right? So that's the first sort of example of the language chosen and how it gives you a window into the mindset of the author and the editors, assuming there are editors. The ones who write the headlines. So Beasley seeks to claim. First sentence, Democrat Sherry Beasley is seeking to make the case to voters why she is the most pro-law enforcement candidate in North Carolina's U.S. Senate race. A move that comes weeks after her Republican opponent presented himself as the candidate most supportive of police officers. Okay, so there's one for Bud. He presents himself he he doesn't seek he's presenting himself which that has a bit of an under uh, an undertone does it not when someone is presenting themselves as something what is the unspoken uh, implicit understanding is that they may not be who they say they are right he presented himself as an honest person but he really wasn't it, it's screaming out for a but Okay, for a however. Okay, screaming out for a however. Beasley, a former public defender, district court judge, and chief justice on the state Supreme Court. Well, we all know that public defenders are the biggest defenders of law enforcement. right? We all know that. Okay. Um, on Monday, she announced the formation of law enforcement for Beasley, or as I like to call it, the LEB. 
It's a slate of current and former law enforcement officers committed to electing the Democrat. Yeah, that's, yeah. At a news conference outside the Durham County Courthouse, that bastion of pro-law enforcement sentiment, she questioned Republican U.S. Senator or U.S. Representative Ted Budd's track record on the issue of policing. Why? Because he didn't vote for a funding bill that had money for police during COVID, uh, but Bud voted against it because of its impact on the deficit. But she's going to use that vote in order to attack him for being anti-law enforcement, even though he's got like all of the law enforcement organizations endorsement. But details. Um, so there you have another one. So she's questioning Ted Budd. She questioned. So she's seeking to claim. She's seeking to make the case. She's questioning. And then she maintains later. She she maintains. Whereas Ted Budd, if you go through the story, he's attempting to leverage. He's presenting himself. He's trying to leverage an endorsement. He later takes aim. He expresses concern and then he accuses. See, these are the note the difference in the tone of the words. And look, I'm not even going to say that the reporter and the editors who write the headlines, uh, I'm not even going to argue that they do this intentionally. It may not be. It's this is just the way they perceive the story. When when you're writing these stories, you have a voice in your head that's talking to you. In in my case, um, there are like three or four of them. I'm kidding. I'm not making jo- I'm not making fun of anybody or anything. I'm just saying it was just a joke, people. So you have this how it's supposed to sound in your mind. And I don't know where that comes from, but you can train it. The subconscious, you can train that, and the conscious, you can train that stuff. And uh, I, I've long believed that people either have it or they don't. You you either have this this sound in your head so you know when you're doing a news story a newscast or whatever there's a sound that you're going for and you know if you get it and so i'm not going to accuse them of you know intentionally putting the thumb on the scale here and trying to pick these words no i just i read them and i note that on one side of the ledger all the words are sort of neutral the descriptions these the adjectives they're they're less subjective they're more neutral. They're sometimes positive. And on the other side of the ledger, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Democrat Sherry Beasley running for U.S. Senate here in North Carolina, former state Supreme Court justice. Lost her re-election, or I guess that was the first time she ran for election. She was appointed by Cooper, and then her first attempt to win the seat outright, she lost to Paul Newby. Um, WRAL reports she is seeking to make the case to voters why she is the most pro-law enforcement candidate in North Carolina's U.S. Senate race. And uh, I mentioned earlier Ted Budd, the Republican. He has uh, endorsements from a couple of law enforcement groups, uh, notably the North Carolina Troopers Association, as well as the National Border Patrol Council. Um, But Sherry Beasley did a news conference yesterday where uh, she got up and said that she does not support defund the police. And she was joined by like a dozen law enforcement uh, officials. 
And uh, I got a message here from a fellow up in uh, Raleigh who says uh, Beasley was endorsed by mostly sanctuary sheriffs. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I looked at the, the photo of the group and like I noticed there was not a list provided in either of the news stories I saw. I mean, there was a quote from one guy or, or, or maybe two, but mostly it was just their press shop, you know, the campaign's press shop. Um, Samantha Cotton, spokesman for Bud's campaign. She said, uh, along with Jeff Morris, spokesman for the state GOP, uh, they, according to WRAL, expressed concerns with Beasley's campaign being included in a joint fundraising committee with Missouri U.S. Representative Cori Bush. See, this is why Beasley's attempt to distance herself from the defund the police movement and rhetoric and slogan and co-opting by Democratic uh, lawmakers and, and candidates over the last two years, which they now realize not a good idea. I mean, it's a good idea in certain districts like Cori Bush's district, apparently, right? In her district, she could win with that message. Sherry Beasley running in a purple state, which really isn't kind of, it's more, it's more of a reddish purple. Um, running in North Carolina, that, that message does not work very well here. So when um, they put out this joint fundraising uh, a committee announcement. They created a joint fundraising committee between Beasley and Cori Bush, who has called for defunding police. What else are we supposed to gather from that? Right? Uh, if either, look, lefties, either your standard matters or it doesn't. And your standard is that if you take money from particular groups or people, you are then beholden to those Groups or people. That's your standard. You guys have said that. You use it to impugn the motive of every single Republican lawmaker, right? So if that's the case, Cori Bush, this isn't even a donation. This is setting up a joint fundraising committee. What else are we to take from that? Oh, it's not the defund the police. It's everything else that Cori Bush stands for, which is what exactly? Do you know anything of uh, anything else about Cori Bush? Or is it possible, again, just spitballing here, I know I'm crazy, just trying to figure out a potential motive that might be a little political. Maybe Sherry Beasley recognizes that she needs that wing of the Democratic base. She needs to get that wing, that Antifa-adjacent, shall we say, because I don't want to offend all of the, you know, the, the progressives that are, you know, vandalizing and defacing government property, uh, that are attacking law enforcement, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to lump them all in with Antifa, but um, Antifa adjacent, let's say, and all of the Black Lives Matter protesters and the rioters, right? That there is a there is a cadre of support in the Democrat base that Beasley needs to attract, and honestly, coming out of the uh, judiciary as she is, she might be a little sus, as the kids say, she might be a little sus, a little suspect. Not really sure if I could trust her. You know, she, I mean, she is a Democrat. She's a black woman, but she came out of the judiciary. Now, I would also have to ignore. So for people on the left who are, you know, swarming me on Twitter and saying things like, oh, you don't understand. This was grassroots or whatever. I do understand that. 
But it would be different if Sherry Beasley had maybe come out immediately and said, hey, don't defund the police. But remember, she didn't. Do you remember what Sherry Beasley did when the the riots were going on in 2020? I do. Some say it might have even cost her the election because she only lost by like 500, 600 votes. You remember what she did? She taped a video message from the North Carolina Supreme Court chambers. She sat in the chambers and she donned her robe and she talked about the systemic racism in the system. The system that she works in. She's on a Supreme Court at the time made up of seven members, three of whom are black. And that's the systemically racist judicial system. That's what she said. I'm sorry, am I supposed to see the daylight between that and the defund the police rhetoric? Oh, I see. That was just the grassroots that were saying that garbage. It wasn't it wasn't her, even though she was she was parroting the same talking points as Cory Bush. She said yesterday, though, I do not support defund the police. I know that police officers need more funding. And what I hear uh, what I hear them saying is they need more funding for recruitment, retention, training, mental health and addressing the opioid crisis. Bud's campaign accused Beasley of not doing enough to hold violent criminals accountable, including those convicted of murder and sex crimes. No law enforcement groups support Sherry Beasley because Beasley has spent her career defending cop killers, vacating death sentences for murderers, and throwing out the indictment of sex offenders, said Ted Budd's campaign. Beasley's campaign maintains that the former chief justice held dangerous offenders accountable, tackled human trafficking, and worked with police departments to keep communities safe. Beasley's coalition of law enforcement officers, including sheriffs in Durham and Franklin counties, said Beasley would be even-handed as a U.S. senator. But my favorite part of this story with WRAL, my favorite part, was Travis Fain. Not the writer on the story, not the journalist on the, uh, on the story, but he's the, you know, government, statehouse, beat reporter guy. And Travis Fain is afflicted with the inability to never be able to know a political motive of a Democrat. It's, a, it's, a cross, I mean, it's a cross he bears. But he has this... He has this habit of going on to social media, posting things and trying to make them sound as if he's just this, you know, voice from nowhere, impartial observer. And he did this with the story here. He takes screenshots of Beasley's statement or whatever, and he says, interesting, Sherry Beasley's press release today on law enforcement issues, part of a campaign push this week, contains three separate promises to work with Republicans. I don't recall the last time I saw that specific a promise of bipartisanship. <laughs> Give me a break, Travis. As I told him on Twitter, dude, just post her her press release and just leave it at that. Why, why go through this dance? It's just insulting. It is. It's just insulting. You come out and you're like, oh, uh, this is newsworthy because I don't think I've ever seen somebody promise to be bipartisan. Yeah, you know what? And as soon as Chuck Schumer tells her to stuff it and you got to vote with us on something, she's going to do it. Please. Not that the Senate has, you know, defund the police stuff. But this idea, that, oh, I promise to work with the, with the Republicans. Yeah, like Tim Scott. You're going to work with Tim Scott to pass his police reform bill that the Democrats killed? Because they couldn't let Republicans have any kind of a win on that issue. Give me a break. That's journalisming.
folks. That's Travis Fain, journalismist at WRAL. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. That's where I get this email from Mark. It's talking about uh, all the people pouring out onto the streets because COVID knew that they were uh, protesting and uh, not recognizing the six feet of social distancing. But COVID knew because it was so smart. COVID knew they were out there for righteousness. The cause was righteous, and so COVID did not smite them as it did people who just simply wanted to, you know, go to the funeral of a loved one. Mark says, Pete, let's not forget that the virus was also smart enough to know that the governor's wife flipping off uh, 10-year-olds was also virtuous and necessary, and so she too was protected. That's right. Remember that? Governor Roy Cooper's wife flipped off a 10-year-old kid that was out there protesting the mask mandates and the lockdowns with his family. Yeah, just drove by and just flipped him off and then wrote all about it on the Facebook. And Yeah, yeah. That's our first lady. Uh-huh. So proud. Um, Joseph wants to know, didn't the brawl between two men in the radio station already happen with Spires and Krantz? Wet wipes flying everywhere. No, I don't know. Did, did they have a brawl in the hallway over the wet wipes? I don't know. The, uh, the moist towelettes, technically. I mean, if we're going to be accurate, they were called the, uh, the moist towelettes. Um, thank you, Monica, for sending along the, uh, the link, Washington Free Beacon. I mentioned earlier that uh, Sherry Beasley had hooked up with the, uh, uh, the far-left radical uh, member of the squad, Corey Bush. But she then quietly removed herself from that joint fundraising committee. She has now done that. Uh, member of the Socialist Squad, one of the house uh, the House's most liberal members. And uh, she joined Lead the Way 2022, a joint fundraising committee co-founded by Bush and other far-left lawmakers and candidates. The group, which is associated with Way to Lead, was created to boost candidates with, quote, bold progressive values. So she quietly uh, removed herself from that organization. But here's the thing. What's going on now is gaslighting. And I know people use that term a lot. And I think it's mainly because a lot of people are gaslighting us nowadays. But uh, the term actually comes from an old movie uh, where, uh, you know, the, the, the husband was trying to make the wife think she was crazy. And he kept adjusting the gas lights inside the house to make them brighter and dimmer, whatever. But it's a psychological form of abuse where you convince people to doubt their own sanity by making them doubt what they perceive as real, by messing with the reality of things. And so this is a good example of it. They think that we did not see what we saw in 2020. So, you know, and, and obviously some of these, uh, these flying moon bats on, uh, on Twitter, they have me mistaken for somebody who hasn't paid attention to this. And I'm, I, I'm sorry, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. I, I, I was watching all of this stuff unfold. I was doing, a one-hour daily show about COVID and the protests. I mean, that was basically the uh, that was basically the topics for almost a year, right? Those were the topics of the podcast because those were the big things dominating everything. And yeah, Democrats were calling for defunding the police. In fact, uh, what was it in North Carolina? Forty-seven state House Democrat candidates. Forty-seven as well as eight 
candidates for state Senate signed pledges with a group that wanted to, that had an agenda and you signed on to this thing and they wanted to reallocate money away from police. There's a defund the police organization. They had a bunch of other ideas. State House Republicans went on the offensive against these Democrats in key districts in the last election. They sent out mailers. The Speaker of the House, we talked to him at the time. We talked to him at the, I talked to him at the time. I interviewed him at the time. This was, they made this a big part of the last election cycle. And uh, spoiler, they're going to do it again. You know why? Because it works. You know who's victimized by depolicing efforts? Are the very communities that the Democrats purport to support that they claim to be the defenders of. In fact, here's a story just today. Also from the Free Beacon, a Minnesota bail fund championed by Vice President Kamala Harris helped free a repeat felon who's now charged with murder. Oh, and surprise, surprise, not the first one. Not the first one that got off on the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was promoted by Harris. But I'm supposed to forget all of this, right, two years later? Because Trump. Trump.